2: Hey, it's Friday. We're back with another great show for you today. First of all, if you know a veteran, they need to listen to the message from two of the people that you saved through the Nazarene Fund um, and are here in America. An unbelievable message to our vets from them. It came spontaneously uh, on our studio floor. We'll explain. Also, Bill O'Reilly is joining us. He has some interesting things to say about... Uh, president biden which i don't necessarily agree with but worth hearing also the banking and what's happening with our treasury we open up the podcast with that it is a definite don't miss the metaverse and alec baldwin actually accidentally killed someone on the set of a of a new movie or tv show a story that's tragic that you need to hear
0: All
2: right, I want to start with the opinion piece from the Washington Post today. All right? Uh, Sola Almorova. do you know who she is? Pat, do you know who she is? Uh, She is the nominee to be the head of the office of the comptroller of the currency. And she's... Essentially a communist. Okay. Do you know what? why? What do you know about her? Uh, she wants the Fed. Uh, she wants banking to be completely different. She okay. wants deposits uh, to be with the Fed, uh, I believe. And she wants... Virtually everything to come from the Fed. Okay, so you are well informed Mm -hmm. on this, um, much more so than most people. Most people will say, she wrote a paper about Karl Marx in school because she was uh, educated Mm -hmm. in uh, the Soviet Union, and she won't turn it over in Republicans. That's what most people know about her. Yeah. She is now this is this is from the Washington Post. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to read highlights. The Cornell University law professor is a well-respected scholar in the financial system with both government and private sector experience, including a stint in the Treasury Department during the George Bush administration. What a surprise. She is, moreover, a woman of color and an immigrant born in what was then the Soviet Union and is now Kazakhstan. Boy, you remember when the press and the Washington Post said that about Melania Trump? And they were like, hey, let's not be mean to her. Uh, She's an no. immigrant. But instead of attracting bipartisan support to oversee regulation of the nation's largest banks, Amarova is mired in nasty controversies over her education in the Soviet Union and her most innovative ideas on how to reform banking. Her progressive supporters believe, with justification, these tempests are ginned up to disguise the financial sector's real objection, her tough approach to banking regulation. Okay. So they go on and on and on and on and on about how critical these Republicans are and how wrong this really is. I want to give you a couple of things. Uh, And I'm going to give you quotes from her now. They will say, well, that's when she was just a professor. Well, yeah. But let me ask you something. If you had a professor who was saying, you know what, January 6th was justified, and I think they should have gone further. I think they should have gone and burned the entire place down to the ground. Now, this is just an educational exercise. Do you think anyone would seriously believe that? I wouldn't even believe that the professor was saying that that was just an exercise. These guys are not engaged in critical thinking, all right? Right. Critical thinking, if critical thinking was alive and you were in an you were in an economics class, I could understand if somebody says, what about abolishing the Fed? What about abolishing all of the banks? And it was critical thinking where you would have to argue for and against. That's not what's happening here. These people shut everyone down who is against them. They are teaching what they actually believe. And this is what she actually believes. The Federal Reserve should be the monopoly provider of retail and commercial deposits. The Fed should perform national credit allocation. The Federal Reserve Bank of New York should intervene in investment markets whenever it thinks prices are too high or too low, shorting or buying a wide range of investments accordingly. So the, the Federal Reserve... A shadow bank. We know who they are because there's only like five banks left. And we know that the five there are five banks in the Fed that make up the federal treasury or the uh, the uh, Federal Reserve. So we can guess who they are. They're now saying she's now saying that we should just drop the front and those banks just become one big bank. Okay, too big to fail one big bank. And it's under the Federal Reserve. However, this would be able to perform credit allocation so it would be able when it sees the stock market going up they can short certain stocks to make the stock market go down they can buy certain stocks to make it go up so the free market is completely dead if they started to see that solar panel companies were going down in stocks in stock prices they would of course rush in to fix that because they believe that solar panels Uh, need to be done so the free market is dead however she also says the government the government should sit on boards of directors of private banks with special powers and disproportionate voting power the new federal bureaucrats Should be set up to regulate financial regulators and carry out national investment policy, national investment policy, and in general, um, uh, watch over the banks on the liability side of the banking system. Quote, I envision the ultimate end state where the central bank accounts fully replace rather than compete with private bank accounts. In her paper, The People's Ledger, How to democratize, uh, democratize Money and Finance on the Economy, on the asset side, quote, she lays out a proposal for restructuring the Fed's investment portfolio and redirecting its credit allocation power, leaving the asset side free to serve as a tool of the economy. The key is, she writes... Eliminating private bank depositing, taking function and giving the Fed new asset side, uh, side tools of shaping the economy. In her paper, Too Big to Fail, she says an expansion of the Federal Reserve's so called open market operations. To encompass trading in a wide range of financial assets. If, for example, a particular asset class, such as mortgage-backed securities or technology stocks, rises in market value at rates suggestive of a bubble trend, then the Fed's trading desk would start shorting these securities. Also, a, quote, national investment authority would be charged with development and implementing a comprehensive strategy of national economic development, end quote. In the climate crisis, she says, the NIA, quoting, will act directly within markets as a lender, guarantor, market maker, venture capital investor, and asset manager. It will use these modalities of finance In uh, in a far more assertive and creative manner, end quote. She also says that there needs to be, quote, a public interest council, which would have special status outside the legislative and executive branches. The council would comprise primarily of academic experts, and it would have a broad statutory authority to collect any information it deems necessary from any government agency or private market participant to conduct targeted investigations, end quote. And then she says, we need a new golden share mechanism, and the government would hold the golden share The government special, exclusive, and non-transferable corporate government rights in privately owned enterprises. And as a holder of the golden share, the government could have disproportionate voting power with respect to the election of the company's directors and various strategic decisions. This ability to affect directly a private firm's substantive business decisions without holding a controlling economic equity stake. It's particularly promising feature of the golden share. Now, that doesn't seem like something that people should panic about. That doesn't seem too far off the beaten path, does it? Back to the Washington Post. Are we really supposed to believe that the Trump appointee at the Fed is running a long con to bring down the nation's backing a banking system. Here's a better explanation. Major financial interest and their Republican allies want no part of her because she is a secret communist. Not because of that, but because she is in an informed critic of the current financial system. I don't know anyone who is more knowledgeable about banking law, says a professor at the University of California, I imagine some people aren't going to like it. Now, the, <laughs> uh, the, the, the story here on the other side uh, from the Washington Post is that Donald Trump, he put somebody in there who, who was, quote, a gold bug. And this is not fair play. You put a gold bug in, you put somebody who's not a gold bug. No, a gold bug, a gold bug means you want to return to the gold standard. Now, that has serious ramifications, but at least keeps things stable. And it's part of the system that has been around since the beginning of time with the Bible. That's different. Somebody saying, you know what, we should be more conservative with our money. We should maybe consider going back. To the gold standard that's different than somebody coming in going, you know what, we should scrap all of this and try what they did in the Soviet Union. That's that's not comparable. We are we are sitting at the tipping point. There are three things that are right now being voted on. And if they go through. I don't believe there's a way back to the america that we know and they're all going to happen i think before christmas or not happen and every single republican every single one of them should walk out walk out if any of these things look like they're passing they should walk out they need to let america know where we are This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Mr. Bill O'Reilly, author of Killing the Mob, another New York Times bestseller, also the host of Bill O'Reilly's No Spin News that you can watch at BillOReilly.com and elsewhere, BillOReilly.com. Make sure you uh, check him out. Bill, the story of the week.
1: Uh, The story of the week is you just telling the world how much you respect me. (laughs) that that is well what a colossal page one story we are
2: living in an age of lies (laughs) (laughs) you would never lie Beck. one thing
1: about beck that everybody should know because i've known this guy now for eons so beck never never misleads sometimes he's befuddled beck is and sometimes he's wrong but he doesn't mislead so what he tells you is what he believes so when you said that you respect me so much on friday this is the greatest day of your life i mean i was almost brought to tears
2: back yeah okay for a biggest story of the week besides that one (laughs) okay
1: so the continued befuddlement of the president of the united states is Mm. the biggest story of the week now last night there was a town hall that nobody watched I predict the audience will be less than 2 million. Uh, there was a baseball game and a football game. And I think there was something on uh, stars where a zombie was chasing. some. I
2: don't know. <laughs> It'll be you know, way less than 2 happens. million. It was on right. CNN and they haven't broken... I think it's six hundred thousand people yeah. so in weeks. I
1: think your audience will be interested to to hear how this stuff goes down. So Biden's falling in every poll. There isn't one poll where he's not falling. Even the CNN poll has him way down, and he's he's going to go into the 30s soon. So his approval rating on the Real Clear Average is about 42 now, but it's about to hover into the 30s. So his people go, well, we need to get Joe on television, but we can't have him actually answer questions from journalists. That would be preposterous. So we're never going to do that. So where should we go? How about our appendage, the cable news network, CNN? And in the process, we'll get our pal, our buddy, Anderson Cooper, to go up and we'll do a 90-minute mm-hmm. town hall for Joe Biden in Baltimore with all liberal people submitting questions in advance. Hmm. What could go wrong? <laughs> so Joe Biden that's could go setup. wrong. Right. That's that's a setup. But they have to. They have to get him out. They have to get him out there. So um, the deal, and I know this to be true, uh, was you'll spend the first half hour on how great Biden's massive spending bills are and how everybody who matters and that's not you and me back mm-hmm. everybody who matters will get a massive amount of stuff and money from the biden administration first half hour is going to be all that that was the deal that was struck and that's exactly what happened and i predicted this yesterday on the No bin news so i'm not i'm not you know pulling this out of air Mm -hmm. i predicted before the town hall this would happen because i was told this was the deal now whenever you have a presidential interview um the president's side tries to you know well what are you going to ask him how is it going to go down i i I, and i've done many many presidential interviews i never give them anything Mm -hmm. i I just said, look you know i don't know yet i'm i'm too dumb to really think in advance so anyway last night biden gets up there the good news was he had energy. Uh, he stood up for 90 minutes. I don't even know if I could stand up for 90 minutes, but he was, he was up there. Um, and his lips were moving. He seemed to understand the question, but he couldn't really answer any of them. None of them. And, and here's how bad it was. So he was asked would he remove the statue of thomas jefferson in new york city's city hall a question doesn't get any easier than that mm-hmm. i mean it's it's very clear you know what his answer was it depends it depends on what you know you don't know And then the other question is, how come you haven't visited the southern border?
2: Hang on. Here's his answer on that uh, three, please. Do you have plans to visit the southern border? Uh,
1: I've been there before and I haven't. I mean, I know it well. I guess I should go down. But the the whole point of it is I haven't had a whole hell of a lot of time to get down. I've been spending time going around looking at the nine hundred billion dollars worth of damage done by. Uh, by hurricanes and floods and, and weather and tra- and traveling around the world. Wow. Yeah, he can't get down, doesn't have time to get down. However, however, he's been in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware for, I think they had a number up there in a colossal amount of time. But he yeah, really don't have any time. And, you know, there's more than 2 million uh, foreign nationals who have come in in the last fiscal year, but I, I just can't get down there. Kamala can't get down there either. You know, we just can't do it. So when you see stuff like this, and the other one was the gas prices, uh, one of the uh, audience members said, so when the gas prices come down? He goes, uh, I don't really know. <laughs> Well, maybe next year. uh, You're sitting there. You're going, "This is insane. This is the most powerful man in the world."
2: Yeah, he says, "I "I don't have a I don't have a near-term answer for high high gas prices." I yeah, and I I, you know hey, but don't worry about it because
1: we're going to give you subsidies for all your energy needs. See, this was everything came back. We're going to give you, give you, give you, give you, give you. That's All it is, you know, and then people now don't believe him because they know he's not going to get any of this passed. And then his opposition is becoming more emboldened, including his opposition from his own party. So yesterday, the report is that Joe Manchin, the senator, wait, 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 wait,
2: wait, wait, before we get into that, I just want to Biden with his hands during a question. If you happen to be watching, I'll describe it after. Here's the clip. About that, with, just in terms of inflation, because you had told uh, us at a town hall, I think it was in July, that the, in, this was just
1: near-term inflation. The, the Wall Street Journal recently talked to like 67 uh, financial mm. experts who said that they, they saw high inflation going all the way or deep into 2022.
2: He stands there for 30 seconds with his hands out in front of him, clenched, and he doesn't move, uh, which seems like a neurological issue quite honestly did you notice no, that no he was just he was just stunned by the tough question <laughs> because his, that's what he was stunned
1: by what somebody's actually challenging me and then he looked to anderson now anderson's job anderson cooper we all love him you know i i mean this guy's magnetic so anyway his job is to get biden out of any tough spot and anderson's good at it and once the border thing started to go south pardon a pun Anderson said, "Mm, let's talk about something else, you know, and it was for me. And I'm sure you as veterans of the journalistic game and knowing what you do is try to get as much information as possible out of the president of the United States. That's the goal of any town hall or any interview. Cooper, that's not Cooper's mandate. Cooper's mandate is to save him. And it was so obvious. And, I, you know, AT&T owns CNN, and I don't understand. A, a corporation, they've got to see what's happening over there. That it's a, it's a ratings disaster. They all are. All three of them are getting pounded in the numbers. They're losing just hundreds of thousands of viewers. Um, but they have to see that this is embarrassing now. This is way past the point of bias or partisanship. It's now into the realm of embarrassing. And so, this is the most important story of the week for Americans because you see a befuddled president being propped up by a corrupt news network. And that is disturbing.
2: Okay. <clears throat> bill, we want to talk about the reconciliation bill and uh, what's happening in Congress. Biden says now he's opening to he's open to altering or eliminating the filibuster yeah. to uh, uh, advance voting rights. Wow. Right.
1: First, by the way, I just want to mention that. Do you know what the Tuttle Twins next book is? No. Killing Bill O'Reilly. Tuttle Twins Kill the Mop. Wow wow that's yeah. yeah the next one yeah well um reconciliation bill okay so um biden knows that this is not going to get through 3.5 trillion and maybe he'll get half of that maybe shouldn't pass but now because he's on the skids mansion and cinema the two dissenting um democratic senators and it's pretty shocking that out of 50 Democrat senators, there are only two that are dissenting. Shocking. You know, you had that woman from uh, China on. I don't believe the United States is ever going to be like China. Oh, I think it'll be worse. I I do believe that we're heading into, (laughs) if this continues, a really, really bad economic time. (laughs) Because you cannot run an irresponsible government the way the Democrats are running it. And they, and they seem to be fine with it. And I'm just going, is there no one there with an IQ over 50? I mean, this is insane. I know self-interest is the driving propulsion of most politicians, but come on. Only two out of 50 see that you if you spend this much money, you're going to crash the entire economy? Only two? Anyway, so cinema basically is saying, look... I don't want to wreck the economy by raising taxes to an onerous level that send corporations overseas Mm -hmm. that stop hiring, that stop research and development, and that drive affluent Americans to states like Florida and Texas. I don't want that. So I'm not going to vote for it. Now, that's it, because not one Republican will vote for this. No one will. So it's over. And then Manchin, he plays a game uh, Mm -hmm. and it is a game of basically saying, look, I'm putting West Virginia first and if we have to pollute the world by coal, that's what we're going to do. I mean, that's Manchin. But in the process, he's holding up every green thing in the world. So there's a good and a bad for Manchin. So Biden knows now because Jill told him, and by the way, this has been so ignored. So we all knew that Michelle Obama had a tremendous amount of influence on Barack Obama. And anybody who knew those two individuals, and I do a little bit, knew that was the case. Jill Biden, who stays out of it publicly, basically is telling Joe Biden what to do. Because everybody's going, who's running it? Who's running it? Who's running it? And I keep going, Susan Rice and Ron Klain, they're the two big ones. But behind the scenes... It's Jill, and Jill reads the everything, knows everything, and she's basically saying to Joe, "This is what you have to do," and he's he's doing it. So that's where you see him in backpedaling now. Now you'll hear that analysis nowhere else.
2: Well, I will I tell you that tell
1: you it's one hundred percent true.
2: She is Edith Wilson. This is exactly what happened with Woodrow Wilson in the last two years of his of his uh, presidency. And I
1: know you were very close to the Wilsons.
2: I was, I was. Well,
1: uh,
2: I know, I know. Uh, He is your, uh, I think he is your nephew, right? I mean, you were his uncle, a very older (laughs) uncle. But anyway, that's a different. That's a different. uh, That's a different story. Um, So you know, I I believe that um, that cinema is acting. truthful i don't think she's playing a game but i think mansion is you'd agree with that oh yeah yeah
1: oh yeah sure um but Cinnamon is playing a little bit of a game too because she knows that her state is turning red now because of immigration because of this unbelievable surge into arizona that all the independents are turning against the democratic party cinnamon knows that and cinnamon knows that she's not going to be able to keep her seat if she runs progressive. Uh-huh. So that's why she's doing what she's doing.
2: Uh, you know, we were speaking of wives, and I think the one uh, first lady that called this way in advance is uh, Michelle Obama. She was honest, and they pulled her from the com- campaign trail. But listen to what she said in 2008 or 2007, and she's right on the money. Everything she said is now true.
0: And Barack knows that we are going to have to make sacrifices. We're going to have to change our conversation. Uh, We're going to have to change our traditions, our history. We're going to have to move into a different place.
2: Okay, so when she said that, you've seen it happen. But it's now complete, because the first thing that she said was, you're going to have to make sacrifices. This president now is telling you to make sacrifices, this president is now telling you it won't get better than this. This president is now basically Jimmy Carter. Well, if you're cold, put a sweater on. <laughs> everything that everything that she said is now complete. That's right. Well, look, these progressive
1: people believe that the United States is not a noble country. That's where you start. They believe that white supremacy, the founding fathers, they all uh, put a... Um, procedure into place whereby the minorities, the blacks, all the poor would be exploited by the rich so the rich could do what they want and the poor would suffer. That's what it is. So then they say, now we have to change everything. Power to the people right on. We'll be socialists. We'll give everybody everything to make up for the terrible things that America has done for the last 200 years. That's what it is. And so if you buy that insane outlook, what you're buying into is, we're going to destroy the whole country, because this system cannot run on socialism. It cannot do it.
2: The best of the Glenn Beck Program. So I brought in our uh, head writer, Jason Buttrell, who is also a... Uh, Marine and was in marine intelligence uh, or army intel. What were you? in? Oh, how dare you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Army intelligence. (laughs) It was marine intelligence. Yes. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. (laughs) Uh, So you were in marine intelligence. You were one of the first people in Afghanistan. And um, ever since uh, we ended things in Afghanistan and the way we did, you have really had a hard time. And I haven't even known how to talk to you. And I mean, you know, a lot of other people that were having a hard time with the way it ended there.
0: Yeah. I I think that there's two different mindsets from soldiers. and This goes back to the beginning of time. Go back Mm -hmm. to Alexander the Great. Mm -hmm. Uh, It just doesn't matter when, but fighting men, when they go into battle, there's a couple mindsets. There's one mindset that I fight for my teammates. I fight for the guy on on the left and a guy on my right. And usually they don't have issues when they get out of combat. Um, and that's great. And th- that's actually the mindset to have, mm-hmm. um, not too many people that think like that have issues today. Now there's other people, there's another mindset that they hope that, you know, the, we're going to, for a reason, That right? would be my mindset. Right. And yeah. I'm a mixture of, of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I want to make sure that I did something over there. I did, I contributed to the common good mm-hmm. and they are the ones that have an issue right now. And again, I'm somewhere in the middle. And like, I remember rolling through the streets of Kandahar and you would see women stepping out of their homes and they were throwing off their hijabs or taking off their, their head coverings. They were jumping into vehicles and driving off to go down to the store. Mm. And I, I felt that in my heart. Mm-hmm. I was like, we are here not only to help destroy the Taliban and Al-Qaeda, but this right here is a tangible thing that you, now see, When the fall happened and the disastrous, you know, uh, thing that happened a a month ago that those flashbacks come back to you and you're like,
2: so I did all this for nothing. (laughs) Right. So we had we had um, two sisters in for Wednesday show. We've never done a show like this before. You really need to watch it. It is. It's captivating. These are two unbelievably brave women, Um, two sisters. One was repeatedly i mean came this close to death with the taliban uh and uh she got out and it's because of you this audience and you really need to watch it it is it's such a powerful story and such a good story um you're i think you're gonna love it and you go watch it with your family it's really a good story um but at the end and we didn't plan on keeping this into the show but at the end um uh, Ricky, our producer, our executive producer, brought you in. And you had been sitting in the the dark, and I didn't know that you were in the studio at the time. And she said to the girls, uh, "Hey, I want you to meet somebody. He's our head researcher, and uh, he was over in Afghanistan. And they stood up and they hugged you. And we were told beforehand, shake hands if they put their hand. It's kind of like in Israel. Don't shake hands with a woman unless she puts her hand out. Yeah, um, and." you know there was i didn't shake hands or hug or anything but when you walked up they both stood up immediately and hugged you and i want to play this moment because i think this should be shared with every single service man or woman who fought in the last 20 years listen u.s military suicides have tragically skyrocketed since the war in afghanistan began Now, thanks to the horrific way we left, thousands of U.S. troops feel confused, betrayed, and that their sacrifice, the lives of their fellow brothers and sisters, was a waste. It's my understanding that you said one of the conditions of this interview was you wanted to tell the American soldiers something. Yes. What is that?
3: It was not in a west. it was not in a win. Those 20 years bring us freedom, bring us democracy, give us multiple chances, opportunities. Women like us get, was able to go and get educations. was able to travel by themselves, was able to work, their driving license had the right to the property. For the people of Afghanistan, we will remember the soldiers. I am grateful for all of them who served in my country. Because of you, I'm here. Because of you, I made it to be educated. We have rights, democracy, and educations. And have a life that has meant something and the purpose that has been given to me. And the choices that I made, it's because of those sacrifices.
2: We all know a U.S. veteran, but I wonder if those men and women wouldn't be suffering so much now if we told them this a little more often.
3: Can I just thank you? Yes, you can. Because of you guys, we are here. Thank you very much. Yeah, because yeah. You guys, we are educated.
0: I really appreciate what you said because a lot of us have questioned a lot lately and for you to say that means a lot.
3: I never doubt what you did. You did a lot to us, to my family, to our people, to Afghanistan. You you made it a stable country so no one can use it as a basement for the terrorists and to use it what we know worse than what happened in the United States could happen. So thank you for all services you did. Yes, ma'am. It was my absolute pleasure. Thank Thank you so much. Thank
2: you. You You don't have any idea how many millions of soldiers that will make them feel better.
3: I know because if we have If I'm here right now, if I'm educated, if my generation are educated, if the same as me, the other girls are educated, it's because of them. It's because the military people, they provide a safe place for us. I... I just want to say one thing more to the families. To all children that their fathers, their mothers, died in Afghanistan. I'm so sorry. I'm really sorry. Always be proud of who they are. They just did not save one. They saved one generation. Generation, our generation is saved. They are educated. They were raised because they did the sacrifice. And for everyone who who served in Afghanistan, it's much more than what you think. It meant a lot to us. We never seen them as a, someone who, who comes to occupy Afghanistan. We always see the United States and the United military as the people who came to save us, save our country, and they did. They did for 20 years. We had democracy because of them. We had human rights.
2: We've torn ourselves apart since we went to Afghanistan. We're not the same nation we were. <clears throat> in about maybe a third of the country, half of the country, been trying to convince the other half that are military. And and the things that we have uh, done overseas that were just monsters and killers. And I think that's the first time in 20 years I've heard somebody who knows, say something good about us. It's an amazing special. You can, uh, find it at, uh, the blaze YouTube channel. You can find it at, um, uh, blaze tv.com slash Glenn. That's just the ending of it. But I, I want you to share it with anyone that, you know, that is a, a veteran, uh, to see what these you understand how it has affected generations now. And you should watch if you gave to the Nazarene fund, you should watch because of, of their lives and how many lives you have affected. And it's generational, truly
0: generational. That was a gut punch when she said that I had not thought of that. Before at all, and the moment when she said that, the first thing that popped in my mind was all of the babies and the young kids mm-hmm. that we saw running out and playing out in the streets. Mm-hmm. It's been twenty years, just like she said. Mm-hmm. We saved an entire generation, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I mean, we're not. We still haven't seen the transformative effect that that will have on the country. Oh, these that's still people, gonna happen.
2: Yeah, there are there were thousands and thousands, tens of thousands, if not a hundred thousand plus. That are now outside the country and they are not they're not looking to necessarily live here. They love their country. They want to go back. They will find ways to be able to support their country on the outside. Now, Um, this is this story is far, far from over.